I'm gonna count my toes. Hey! <laughs> Hello! Hey! How you doing? So good! Welcome back to the Wine About Birth Podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about Sometimes. what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows, just like our friendship. <laughs> or as we like to say, it too is a lot more shit than giggles. I I'm disagree <laughs> with that. I'm Kim Haynes. I work at a busy birth center and a small home birth practice in Winchester. I'm Meredith Rout and I'm a midwife and I work at the same small home birth practice in Winchester. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and a birth assistant at same said small <laughs> home birth practice in Winchester, you're Virginia. Also, you're also a nurse at Premier because you can't get away from me because Katie had her baby. I know she did. She's really cute so she's worth it. Congratulations really Katie. And her birth was awesome, right? Yeah, it was amazing. Did we not talk about it last week? No, maybe we'll talk about it at the end of the episode if, oh if Katie's God. okay with yeah. it. As like I our did not ask if she's however, okay. birth story of no the week. Poop in this story, which is the theme of this week, but we can still talk poop. about it. Poop, poop, poop. I have to say, we've been talking about doing a poop episode since the start one, and we yeah. have not done it yet. Why not? Let no no time like the present. So this week was exciting because we. We went into our new office. We announced that we are starting a home birth midwifery practice together yeah. with these two midwives and me as a birth assistant. We christened and also our doula. new office with Thai food and wine and it was glorious. It was like a sparkling Moscato, which I didn't know was a thing. It's delicious. It was delightful. I think barefoot Moscato is also sparkly. Is it? Somewhat. I haven't Some noticed. Of them are. Interesting. Maybe it's a mistake, but I think I it's was going to say, it probably mistake. just got fermented a little too long on the shelf at the Dollar General. Oops. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but this one was really d delicious, although too sweet for me since yeah, we all sync to when we're drinking together, we have to sync to Kim's low Kim's level, level of sweetness. Yeah. Um, Our office is real crunchy looking. <laughs> So oh, right now, a lot of naked ladies on the walls. And that's about all we've got so far. <laughs> but it's beautiful. So we need a rug. So bad. we need a rug. I like naked <laughs> ladies. Naked ladies are my favorite. Yeah. So we're going to talk about poop. We're going to talk about meconium, which is also poop. Yeah, we're going to shift real hard after our break. So I think in the beginning, we said we're going to be funny and humorous to hook y'all in. And, and the then we're going to be real serious afterwards and talk about meconium. That's not possible. And the point of this is because a lot of people get super stressed out about the idea of pooping in labor. Yeah. So this podcast is not to get you freaked out about the fact that a lot of people poop and that you might too. The fact is that it's to normalize. it's to normalize it and to make it realize that instead of being freaked out, we could turn it into humor. Mm -hmm. And that just makes everything Every, better. Almost everybody does it. And if they don't do it, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, there's always poop left somewhere in your colon, and the baby's head's going to push it out. So, yeah. what are you going to do? That's Nothing. a great Embrace sign. That. We and love humor, that moment. And humor releases endorphins, which makes your birth go better. Mm -hmm. And you really need endorphins at that point when you're pushing your baby out. So if you're listening to this episode, and then you go to have a baby, and you poop, and you think of this episode, and you laugh a little bit, it's going to help your birth go smoother. So you're welcome. Wow, Jess. That was so existential. You're welcome. Yeah. I also, finally watched Moana. Oh, you did? Did you love it? Loved it. Nice. 
awesome. We're going to talk anything, about that later. Anything with The Rock in it. I love yeah. Even if it's just his voice. Love it. But like the girl power and the stingray grandma. Come on. That was the oh, best. Oh, I love Moana's grandma. I cry so hard every time she comes up under that water in her little stingray form. I was more focused Spoiler on alert. Moana's, Moana's grandma Moana. is a stingray. Moana's <laughs> grandma. here in Tom's Brook. Moana's grandma. <laughs> That's worse than me calling <laughs> the cops the law. <laughs> <laughs> they called the law. Well, what does that mean, They're not going to hear that episode because it was so bad. We're scratching it and starting over. Yeah. <laughs> we scratched our first episode. <laughs> we recorded an episode last week. and After we hadn't hung out with each other for a very long time. I think that we got in our first fight ever since me and Kim have been friends. It, I wouldn't really call it a fight, but it's it was like... Disagreement. This has happened twice in a week. I know. That, th- you've, d- that you've been aggressive. It's the Rona. It's she's coronavirus. It's bringing it out on she's me. She's pointing out. She's calling me out on my shit. I don't know if that's called fighting. I think that's just called just having a voice. She just finally <laughs> grew some ovaries when it comes to our friendship. Thank God. Doesn't it feel good? It only took 15 years. <laughs> It doesn't feel good. It's actually no, super we, frightening. We processed it. it for a long time and I walked this morning. I was like, girl, everything you're saying is really valid. Just keep on talking. You're great. Did you really have to process? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you can look at me and point things out that you don't like. Okay. <laughs> You've got some dead skin. I'm on looking. Your nose. I can't like. see where you. I can't see where you're looking because your sunglasses. <laughs> and that's making this easier. Staring at myself the entire episode so far, and I hate it. It's because my nose ring closed up. Well, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I just have to clarify. You let it close up. You could have totally shoved something back in there. I made it work, and you chose not to. Shove something back in there. Wow. <laughs> you got what you got to do. All right. Someone tell me a poo story. Let's so talk poo about poop. Ba- oh, that so one. so we're going to talk about. I, I know we said this a little <laughs> bit. Fart. That was an unfortunate noise. It was an unfortunate noise. So I, w- I just wanted to clarify that at the beginning of this episode, we're going to talk about real poop stories and labor. And then the second part of the episode after the break, we're going to talk about meconium and labor when the baby poops. Because there's a lot yeah. of like people that are super freaked out about that. And we want to talk about mm-hmm. the reality of what meconium means. And set your mind at ease. Yeah. Justin, actually, have a late care client who one of the first things she said to me at our visit was... She's coming to us because of fear of corona in the hospital. And the first thing she said was, if there's any meconium, I want an immediate transfer to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's fair. Whatever you want. But let's talk about that a little bit more because cause she had a history, which I understand. Mm-hmm. But that which also, makes it a little bit scarier. Yeah, but also it was like six years ago. So I was like, let's like process that a little bit more and talk about that. And by the end of the conversation, she was like, okay, I'm not as scared anymore. So it made yeah. me realize how scary meconium is for some people. Yes. Because she was leaving the hospital out of fear. and But because of fear of meconium. She yeah. Was you took a to late right care client for Corona. Yeah. Is that the main reason she transferred into care? Yeah. Huh. Good luck. Thank you. You're she's well. a repeat client. I have every faith You're in her. Welcome. She's amazing. Oh, okay. That's fine then. She had an amazing <laughs> home birth, her first baby. All right. Which we said in the last episode that if you are switching to out of care pra- to home birth practice just because you're scared, but you're also scared of home birth, it's it's probably not going to go well for you. But no. if, if you're like home birth curious mm-hmm. and you're not super scared of home birth, then that could be a good decision for you. But if you're super frightened of home birth, yeah, then client isn't it might not of, go super well. She's not scared of home birth. Honestly, it was mostly financial. But then she started weighing the pros and cons and she realized that it was worth it financially for her to have. Whose dog is that? Um, oh. I've never seen that dog. It, I don't know. So we're recording we outside about it? today. Hey. Hold on. We're g- Should we pause? We're going to. Yeah. 
We have to pause. No, they're not. They're not interested, and I'm not chasing it. So cute. It's on a hill. It's like a little bull. No, oh. it's a pit. It's mix. a pit mix. Okay, it's really cute though. Moving I don't on. see a collar though. Um. So anyway, let's tell our first poop story. Who has the first poop story? That one that Meredith was telling us about was really funny. <laughs> Actually, let's wasn't there. That. So let's all just say, but it's let's pretty just solid hearsay. Let's just dive in <laughs> like, like a muff. Okay, so I used to work at a birth center. What? That wasn't premiere. And <laughs> once upon a long time ago, and I heard this story from the midwife that worked there. So it was a client who, actually, I guess the backstory is not really that important. Let's no just talk about the poop talk story. Talk about the poop. So I didn't get to go to this birth, so I'm really thankful in the end because the birth assistant who attended this birth came up to me the next morning and was like, okay, I'm just going to laugh the whole time. Oh, my God. I was like, Mayor. Oh my god! I was like, "Oh no! Like, what happened? What did I miss? Like, was it an amazing birth? Like, what happened? Was it a, in the call?" She's like, "Nah, girl, she shit everywhere." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and apparently, the mom took castor oil Pause. without talking about it with the midwife. So don't, <coughs> don't, don't do that. If we agree on castor oil, take the castor oil, but don't take cast. Listen, I missed a birth. Yeah, mm-hmm. because someone took castor oil. It's powerful stuff, which and is I, why we only do it after serious deliberation. And I feel like when people do it on their own, they tend to take way, way too, too much. much, way too often. Yes, mm-hmm. which can cause some problems. And but Meredith like what Meredith is about story. to talk about. <laughs> so yeah, so she took castor oil, and I actually don't think the midwife knew about it until she got there, and then it became pretty apparent that that's what had happened because. Of I guess she was in her bathroom laboring because it does come on really, really hard and fast with castor oil sometimes. So they roll up and she's in the bathroom. Hard and and fast. fast. She's laboring in her like little tiny bathroom where there's like not a lot of room, but she's so deep in at this point. She's not going anywhere. I'm saying like so many good things. I know. Um, (laughs) I'm loving it. I'm loving all the entendres. I know. While we're talking about crap. Every time you say that, I just think of the Ford Tundra. (laughs) What? I'm like, what's an entendre? It's. $62,000 $62,000 on the Ford She was in Tom's broke, y'all. Sorry. Please forgive her. <laughs> Moving on. So, anyways, so sh- we roll up in this tiny little bathroom, half bath. And so it's the mom laboring that's at the midwife and the birth assistant, all of this half bath. And I guess she's just like shitting everywhere. Ev- like a poop like, like a poop like not, like not in the toilet. No, 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 no. Like, Diarrhea, just like is she like on her hands sh- and on knees a hose, and she's flailing about. So yeah, and she's and if I you, think she's fairly dramatic. So if I'm sure you, there's like a lot of like ah 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 like. If you've ever gone into like a public gas station bathroom and you've seen like shit splattered all along the walls <laughs> and and you've wondered what would cause that, it might how be could that oil. possibly humanly happen? <laughs> Castor oil. <laughs> this is the kind of situation we're talking about. And so apparently the birth assist- I think the midwife kept like a pretty solid game face. <laughs> but the birth assistant, bless her heart, I guess took the shower. Bless her you heart. just said bless her heart. Took the shower curtain and was like <laughs> trying to tuck her body behind it to protect herself. I can see her like wrapped like a plastic burrito with shit <laughs> or spraying like a condom, <laughs> just like completely wrapped in this, like trying to not be judgy and not appear like she's trying to hide from the shit storm that's unfolding and the trying, little but trying not to get hit by poop speckles. <laughs> so the whole time they're just like. 
like this, like hiding behind the shower curtain while it's like shit tornadoes. Can you imagine the birth, the birth people like they're showering off after this birth (laughs) and they're trying so hard to like, to like lean their head back so that like (laughs) nothing goes over their face in the rinsing process. Oh God. (laughs) That's terrible. That's like one of the few births I missed when I worked at this. That's center, so and I'm sad. like really not that upset that I missed that. I would like so. to say that that's abnormal. That's not normal. Birth crap. No. Um, but that's a really fun <laughs> opening story that I'm glad didn't happen to me. I'm not gonna lie. To this day, when I see a shower curtain, sometimes I just like pops in my head. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where did oh. the sun go? It's so know. cold again. Sorry, we keep like I feel like I keep looking that way, but it's because things keep happening that way, like children and dogs and yeah, up or no up one on the hill. Which way Beautiful flowery hill. Yeah. All right. When who has the next poop story? Beat that, Cam. I know you can though, because I know your story. I so can't. It's no. one of my favorites. I have a I have a couple of stories. Um, one of my favorite that we may have talked about already is the. I think the, we should definitely talk about it again though. It's worth it. The poop fling. Uh huh. That's the, the one. Cool. Oh no, that's no, a one. That's a different one. So many. I was laboring with a mom who may be listening and she's so hey girl hey we love you so much everything she says makes me laugh and she was pushing her baby out like a freaking boss Mm -hmm. and i i told the story before jess's mom love you she doesn't listen she doesn't know how to work technology well she keeps telling people (laughs) but she's doing online cbe now so it's probably a hot hot mess (laughs) as hot hot of a mess as that story you just told (laughs) Like a hot steaming pile of poo. Just poo shooing everywhere. Her frustration is probably running over. (laughs) She keeps telling people contractions are only, there are only 10 contractions in transition. And I didn't know she was still doing this because I have asked her not to. I've repeatedly asked her not to. So she was counting them in her head and she got to 10 and she goes, that childbirth educator is full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which fits the story also, ironically. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, she told me there was only 10 contractions. I said, oh, sweetie, you could be doing this for another two hours. <laughs> Listen, in her defense, that was a stupid thing. That was thing. a shitty thing to say. Shitty. Yeah, Super This is shitty. when you say you're almost there. I'm not a liar. <laughs> well, but How you, was I supposed you to don't know? give worst case scenario t- to a tra- transitioning yeah. mom. You'd be like, well, that's the average length of contraction. But sometimes it's less bit and sometimes it's more. I and clearly you're not less, so you must be more. <laughs> <laughs> How much more? We won't know until it's done. That but your baby's like a, coming so like soon. Dr. Seuss book. Guys, just did. We well, should. Well, <laughs> oh my god, we should write a doctor's book about birth. Can I be a star-bellied snitch? He wrote. Yes. A, he wrote a breastfeeding poem. You struggled a little bit on that. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't do that. Go and on. So continue your story. She was real hard. honest, hard, hardcore Kim. And because of my honesty, she looked at me. This is what you get. Ugh. Wait, I can't see your eyes. Like so the dramas. Oh, I see. Oh, I can see them. That was <laughs> and she very took direct. her hand. From the water, she was in the birth pool, and she had pooped. Tub. She had pooped she in had said pooped water mm-hmm. a couple of times because it happens. Uh-huh. And she just went flat and flung it into my eyes. Obviously, she had not thought at all about the fact that she was flinging poo water no. in your eyes. For no, her, she, she was being playful, and she <laughs> was there. It went into your eye socket. It went into my eye holes, and I had just fished out poop, and it was a little chunky. So I just <laughs> froze, like. I didn't. Ah, ah, I'll be right back. And I stood up. 
and then I used the eye wash station. After I <laughs> Which go- has never been used ever in the history after of the I, I looked up her STD status. Yeah, no, she comes <laughs> flying downstairs. She comes, f- I'm sitting in the office typing, and her face poop. was like. There's poop in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I need testing. There's poop in my eyes. Like, what do you want me to test you for? Like, there's no <laughs> testing for that. Like, go wash your eyeballs out. And then I think I had to tell you where the station was because you didn't. I had know no where idea. It was. Even though I have to recertify my online, oh. where is your eye washing station oh every 12 months? It's like, when we do swab your eyeball, like that yes. sounds awful. No, do it. That sounds terrible. It doesn't sound oh. as bad as the coronavirus test, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a good eyeball swabbing over that shit any day. Yeah, right. Me too. <laughs> I play a drinking game where we have to take a shot every time we say I corona. Can't. I'm but on that's call. rewarding ourselves. I feel like we need to punish ourselves every time we say Hi. it. Corona. You know what I realized that we did that we should punish ourselves for? We literally stacked our phone that we're using to record this episode on top of our drink. I did technically remove my drink. It was originally my drink, but now it's just the bottle. I'm on call, so it's not hurting me at all. Oh, good for you. Aren't you also on call? Kim's an angel. She never breaks any rules. Look at my halo. I can see your halo, halo, halo. Girl. (laughs) No, let's not. We're not talking. All right, about Jess, let's go on to our next behind. story. Okay, so um, I like to. I'm going to talk about myself because, as I said in the beginning, um, you're going to talk about yourself. This story, this episode, is about normalizing pooping in labor and finding the the humor in it. And so, if I was embarrassed of my poop story, then I could not say that honestly from my heart practice what you preach and also to let you know that by the time people poop in labor it's to the point where their brain is so shut off and they have like no inhibitions at all that you really don't well i'd like to say you don't give a shit but you you do you do give a shit you give a shit but you don't give a shit about it about it so pause your story to ask you a question yeah do you remember the time that you were rubbing a mom's but in the oh, tub, yeah. very intently. There's been lots of those times. And she farted. <laughs> oh, I thought you say she pooped in her hand because no. that's also happened. And I was watching, and these giant fart bubbles. These bubbles, like, and I was like, I and I was like, oh. And it was and in a tub. And it was right in a tub. Nose. It was in the tub that's like super deep. So I have to like. <laughs> I have to like bend over the tub and like lean in. So She's my like face, it, it my right face there. is like two inches from the surface of the water. And so and I just, I watched. don't know if you guys have ever farted in the shower, but the, the smell intensifies. It intensifies, in especially this so warm imagine water. Imagine a giant, bo- like a bird tub, a booth tub, a bird tub, giant bird tub, just intensifying all of that odor into watched, a single molecule. I watched it happen. I watched the bubbles rise to the surface. <laughs> was I there for blum, this or was blum, this another thing? Because that must happen to you once too, because I remember that also. Oh, and then it just you. broke yes. right in my face and i had to game she face that going. especially considering that farts literally make me laugh more than anything else in the whole universe I don't know why that is. <laughs> it's because she never farts so it's so novel to her and she's knowing like child. and knowing by kim's face that she saw it happen because this is kim's game face when something funny happened <laughs> <laughs> if someone's about to die my game face is on point. Yeah. If you fart in a tub <laughs> and the bubbles break in Jessica's face, it is less than ideal. <laughs> Wait, I'm sure we have a photo of Kim's game face in the face of farts. We should totally find one of those photos and post it for y'all. It's a solid <laughs> face. I did post. And it's like this. <laughs> I did post that face once already. 
<laughs> okay, so okay, anyway. Moving on. So I know we've talked about several times, especially during the birth trauma episodes, how long my first birth was. And so I had been in the birth tub a lot. And I had been peeing in it. She I didn't care what was out. happening. And so as I started to push... The natural occurrence of things happened, and when you a baby shit, you shit in the tub. tub. You gotta push that shit out somehow. I pooped in that birth tub. Now, a lot of times, um, us birth workers, if you poop in the tub, we use our little net and we scoop it out before you really notice mm-hmm. it. And we put it in the trash can. Mm-hmm. We might sprinkle some essential oils so you don't smell it so much. We're or real s- sneaky. Yeah, we try to protect you. the sanity of you. But knowing that as a birth worker that that's what they were doing, I was just like, oh, it's okay. I got it, and I caught it in my hand, and I hand. I was like, I'll just put it in the trash myself. Here you go. Here's my giant log. That's how little I cared at that point in labor. I was literally catching my own poop out of the birth tub and putting it in the trash myself. Do you think if you weren't in water, you would have put your hand down and caught, oh, your, caught your poo? I don't know. I really hope who could have said? I would judge you so hard for that. Who, who could say what I would do at that point? My brain was not my own. No. <laughs> and little did I know it would never be my own again. <laughs> the Ever end. Again. So transitioning from that, don't, don't you have a story about poop in the net? And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The nets are actually really handy. I'm literally in my face. No, it has to be like this. Straight in your face. She's been like this the whole time. But I'm, I'm tilting my head. She's perfect and her voice works. Fine. Ours doesn't. I know. Don't. <laughs> ours don't. I love that you're trying to make me feel better about myself by ours saying ours, so it's really just my voice. <laughs> because I love you, Meredith. I know. I appreciate it. And okay. I don't want to crush an eggshell. It's been so long. Have it? <laughs> I think my eggshells have just hardened. Uh-huh. We, never mind. Go on. Huh. Go. Anyways, so those She's nets are really important. I mean, our birth kids don't have a lot of stuff in them, but they will always have a net. So it's like it's a fish tank. It's, it's a, fish a fish tank, tank net. Bag. Yeah. So one of Jess and I's clients' kids was a critter guy, for real. Like, literally every time we'd go to our prenatal, We'd have to go outside after the visit and go find critters under rocks and along the creek. And, like, in their backyard, they had at least three different Tupperware containers full of, like, salamanders and turtles. And he was just, like, a really cool kid. Um, And so the thing he was most excited... Sorry, he is a really (laughs) cool kid. So, anyway, so the thing he was most excited about when his mom was unpacking her birth kit was obviously the The scooper. The net. Because, like, that's what he uses for all his little beasties that he gathers. And I was, he was like, what's this for? It's mine. It's mine. He, like, immediately commandeers. I was like, well, we need it. And he was like, what do you use it for? And I make, like, really awkward eye contact with his mom. And I'm like, well, sometimes moms poop in labor, and that's really normal. So I use it to scoop poop sometimes. And he was like, oh, well, can I do it? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you may. And I was like, sure, May. You could totally do that. Like, if that's your job, if that if you love your net so much and you want to be a part of it, only, that can totally be your job. Only so, Meredith can make poop scooping sound beautiful. Just so he <laughs> just so he got to hang on to his little net the whole pregnancy, he was willing to scoop poop for it. And so then it escalated, though, because he decided that I had normalized it so much that it was totally appropriate for him to go catch a salamander and put it in the birth tub. Oh, no. So that when the baby was born, it got to see its first critter, because obviously that would be the (laughs) highlight of this child's life. Um, And so we had to have a really long talk about what's appropriate in the birth tub and what isn't. Apparently poo is, but salamanders are not. 
Um, which makes zero sense if you're a small child. <laughs> yeah. And luck and we never really got any clarity from that conversation. I never I always we always were convinced that so what we had determined was he could keep a little Tupperware container in the room with something in it that he could immediately show to the child upon its birth. That's adorable. Um, that is so cute. But it had really never adorable. been clarified whether or not the, the critter was going in the tub. Like we were pretty sure he was gonna drop it in there on the sly. And so luckily he was asleep when the baby was born. So I'm pretty sure the mom like timed that out so that there was no salamander in the birth tub that would have been amazing yeah he was real bummed he didn't she didn't poop i don't think in the end he was like real bummed he didn't get to scoop poop but there was a baby so that's enough of a reward i guess i'm always sad when people don't poop you're always sad wait let me hold on say that one more time (laughs) that was her game face (laughs) i can't say that again Okay. I want to hear the corn story. Tell the corn story. I can't even tell that story because somebody had to tell me that it happened. I wasn't even aware of it. You can tell it. Yeah. So mine was hearsay too. (laughs) It's our podcast. We can hearsay as much as we want. This one time at our birth, we use the small. um, I don't use the the shoulder length gloves, as are recommended by the CDC. Sorry, CDC. Yeah. So. Every Sorry, time CDC. I reach in to do something, I have to lift my arm up and pull my glove aside and let all the water run out. Because if a baby is like emerging, yeah. I'm not going to keep replacing my gloves. Right. We're really just doing it to be nice. Mm-hmm. And so I kept like reaching down and just feeling to see if the baby was there. And then I would pull my he- my hand away and I would release the water from my glove. Release the water. Release the water. And whatever else is in the glove at the time. So then the birth happens. It's beautiful, fantastic, blah, blah. And then afterwards, Nikki was like, oh, my God, uh, <laughs> the corn. <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> the corn. <laughs> and I was like, what are you? No, no, no. Not th- children of the corn. No, thank you. It's I mean, actually, it kind of is children of the corn in this situation. <laughs> <so> horrifying. <laughs> children of the corn yeah that makes me laugh <laughs> in 10 months all birth we'll see all you children of the, the corn children of the corn <laughs> <laughs> that is not my joke i read it somewhere um, <laughs> copyright so copyright he said oh my god that one time that you let the water out a chunk of corn fell out because <laughs> as we all know and i said shut the fuck up nobody can digest corn nobody digests corn it's nikki she's obviously a liar and she was like cut it out why would you make that shit up and i was like i don't believe a word you're saying she goes you you released the water and a chunk of corn came i thought you saw it (laughs) your face changed i thought you saw the the poop your face changed she probably you probably saw her face and you're like no (laughs) i know that your soul knew what had happened and you were so disgusted but your eyes had actually seen it so i had poop corn in my glove and when i pulled it aside it fell out made nikki's entire life forever and ever <laughs> and ours <laughs> and hopefully never, yours i never saw it i never saw the alleged poop corn but it happened maybe the trauma made you block it out perhaps maybe you have ptsd and your brain was like i'm gonna forget that happened that happens know. a lot she hasn't forgot the poo in the eye and that was pretty dramatic for her so. or what happened to the back of my thigh last week <laughs> <laughs> Which we're not going to talk about on we the podcast. We are not. <laughs> Pause while we laugh. <laughs> do we have any more poop stories to tell about birth before we go to break? Oh, I do. do yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, go. This is more of an asshole thing to do. Oh, gotcha. Really. Most of the things you do are. Thank you. <laughs> But uh, to my credit, I do it all the time. So if people are like, she was an asshole behind my back, I could be like, that's obviously not true. 
I'm only asshole to people's faces. I'm an asshole and I don't hide it. <laughs> yeah. So she's a bulging asshole. I'm a, she's I'm a, bulges she's a out. Bulge. So every once in a while it will happen. And I've heard these stories from friends that work in the hospital and I've seen it. Moms will be very dramatic. They do that. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. moms are dramatic. And very there, are, dramatic. there are like the regular level of drama. And, and then not, there's a and then there's the extreme level. We should clarify level. that I'm not shaming anyone right now. No, I'm simply sharing a story. There are different levels of emotional response. Yes. in labor. And I've had. Yeah, it. we always say that we don't judge women in labor, and it's it's so true. Like in that moment, you do whatever you, you need shit to on do that. to have you shit that on baby that floor two feet from the toilet. Go ahead. Oh, that's the story I have. Yeah. So I've had a couple of moms that are just like in it hard, and mm-hmm. they are. Very much like I cannot walk, and they'll just squat and shit mm-hmm. like right where Wherever they are. They are on the side of the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Yep, with the pan right next to them. Maybe yep. they didn't see that pan, or maybe they didn't care enough. Maybe to they do didn't anything care about it. Maybe they preferred to hold on to the toilet lid with their hands for yep. good for good sturdy. Uh, positioning to yep. sit on the floor it's of the bathroom. Comforting. They do not care at all. Don't and that was shit. I learned that in my second home birth ever. Wow. What happened? Um, she did not actually crap on the floor, but this woman was a very, very religious, very, very like modest person. She literally wanted to be covered from like head to toe for her whole birth. Like, so we had talked about it. Like, she had robes. She had birth skirts. Like, she didn't want any nudity to be happening. And so I'm saying this not to shame her, but to show you that by the time you get into labor, you are a different person. So she was transitioning. She was nine centimeters. She had gone from four to nine in less than an hour. Um, And there was a slight freak out. (coughs) Slight freak out during that time, which is very understandable normal you're not shaming her for no it. no um and so you freak out when moms go that fast we're like oh my god yes that's amazing yeah slow down a little bit yeah. yes and Get it, on your side. And in her defense she is like a beautiful birth goddess she's had like four out of hospital births now and she's you amazing she was super religious so i don't think she would appreciate that comment but go on okay <laughs> um probably not um so i didn't say what kind of religious <laughs> so then um so she's transitioning and she's standing literally one foot from her, her toilet, like not even. She could just like pivot, pivot, and her pivot. butt would be on the toilet. And so the baby's head starts coming and so she starts feeling like she has to poop. And she's standing completely naked by her sink. And, and she's like, I have to poop. And I'm like, the toilet's right there. And she's like, I can't go that far. I'm going to poop on the floor. And I was like. <laughs> Did she say that? Yeah. She's like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't go to the toilet. In her defense, though, when the baby's that close, if you like, if the baby's head was right there, we most of them are like, don't get on the toilet, please, please don't well, get on the toilet. Well, she so she she didn't toilet. actually have her baby for another like hour, so it was like so that first feeling. It was that first feeling of rectal pressure she had as yeah. the baby came down. But because her her brain was so in that birth space, she really didn't care if she just pooped yeah. on the floor when she was a person Did you that not bef- reach out your doula hand and catch her poo. She didn't actually poop. It was actually just the baby's head and the pressure. But just the fact that she was comfortable enough to just stand at her sink naked and poop on the floor when her toilet was literally as close to me as Meredith is right now showed me that. I just had a weird image in my head <laughs> of leaving the toilet and her swiveling. Really Pivot. 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 If you could just pivot. back it up, back it up two feet. And-
I'm just saying, like, I feel don't feel uncomfortable with poop. I feel like we live in a culture where like people justify poop all the time. My mm-hmm. whole life is shit. Kim is surrounded by poop shit a lot. Shit at home, shit at work. It's yeah. cool. There's, it's part of the job. And at least you're accomplishing something when you do it. This time, you're like yeah. having a baby. I don't know that the word I would use is cool, but acceptable. Well, by and cool, we I meant acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have one last story they want to share before we go to break, or should we just go to break? I think. I mean, go to break. I mean, we could do this all day. I could do stories. I could do this all day. Yeah. So, coding is also really important to talk about. Give me an answer. I had one mom shit in a bed once at four centimeters because she was so overwhelmed. So sometimes that overwhelming feeling comes even at four centimeters. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in transition. No, I've definitely had that happen as well. Dropped a load. Yep. Right on her sheets. Mm-hmm. Big one. Yeah. Uh, oh. Large. 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 She had not pooped for the last day or so, for sure. <laughs> I could say that for incompetence. I could say that. So the point is, there is shit in birth, and that's yes. okay. And yeah. it's normal, and it's okay, and it's actually a good sign when it happens. Yeah, that's true. Actually, really, we, we like when people poo because that means that the baby's head's coming you down. You have to hold your mic like yeah, this. We You're like when super people quiet. poo because it means the baby's head is coming down. Thank you. We love you. Okay, we're going to break. We'll see you soon. Cue the music. Oh, yeah. So our sponsor for today's episode is Mama Giving Grace. Mama Giving Grace was started by Jesse Johnson. She's always had a passion for helping others, but after working in the birth community as a birth doula, she discovered that there was a missing part to the puzzle for many of her clients. She then discovered that what many of her clients were missing was intimate and continued education and support during the fourth trimester, or the postpartum period. She then discovered her calling to nourish mothers during this precious transitional time and became a certified postpartum professional through Newborn Mothers Collective. There is so much support through pregnancy and labor and so much support surrounding baby after delivery, but Jessie found that many mothers were left with the question, what about me? Her goal is to provide companionship, and emotional and mental support for women during the fourth trimester. She offers unique postpartum packages that include education and baby care, body work, herbal care, community building, birth processing, light household chores, cooked meals, and continued postpartum support up to a year of your child's life. She focuses on you, the mother, as a whole, because you too have just been born. Find more information about her postpartum packages at www.mamagivinggrace.com. And we can speak for her from experience that she is an amazing postpartum doula and she does such an amazing job at taking care of mamas during the fourth trimester and even after that. All right, let's go back to our episode. Welcome back from that very long and delightful break. We were snacking real hard. Oh my god, that was like an hour. <laughs> yeah, it was delightful. Yeah, I ate we some olives. Years. We're getting real serious. Olives are disgusting. We're not getting super serious because we're not here to be scary. We're here um, to set I people's l- minds I at ease. I looked up numbers. It's serious. I'm excited to hear the numbers you looked up. I'm excited to try to remember them. I'm excited to try to remember them. So now that we're back from break, we're going to talk a little bit about meconium because a lot of people are very concerned about meconium. Why do you keep looking at look me? At the, look how far away you look from us. I'm very comfortable where I am. <laughs> I like it over here. 
It's a little cold, though. Yeah, we're really warm over here. Cozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be napping. <laughs> By the end of this, my leg will be across Jess's lap, and then we'll be... And I'll be over we'll here. Be real hard. We're, we're like one here. We're like one entity. An amoeba. Yeah. All right. Um, An amoeba's so one cell. Right. We are one cell together. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, all We're right. one cell <laughs> that's in the process of mitosis, so we're just like... We're like two, but we're still kind of connected. Or f- what's it called? Phag- phagocytis. Where we're actually like. Oh. Sounds like an STD. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the sun's peeking back it's out. It's trying real hard. So we find that in our birth practice, and I've also experienced this as a mom having a baby, that people get really, really concerned about um, having meconium in their water. Mm-hmm. Like I said, one mom. In the water they're drinking. Transferring. In their in their amniotic fluid, <laughs> or as some midwives like to call it, liquor. And I feel like the medical community, yes, liquor. The the medical community used to actually like make this fear worse mm-hmm. because they had a lot of like really crazy protocols for if there was meconium in the water. So like they would break people's water just to see if there was meconium yeah, just and to then check it out. And based on what I was reading, it doesn't seem like there's like a ton of research around the efficacy of that and. No, and they actually found like it was harmful. Mm-hmm. And then there was for the longest time, like I when I was, there. when I was having mm-hmm. my so babies, there was still the protocol by ACOG, which is the American College of Gynecologists, that if there was if there was meconium staining in the amniotic fluid, that they would take the baby, they cut the cord immediately. Suction. They wanted to like put the laryngoscope down the baby's throat and visualize their larynx and do a deep suctioning and this was like this was just protocol yeah and since that so that was always really scary for parents the thought of that and i was like well if that's what's happening every Mm -hmm. time there's meconium in the water then it must be serious but since that time even acog has changed their recommendation so if a baby comes out after having uh, meconium in the water if the baby's vigorous and breathing is doing fine, then it's not it's, much you do. You don't do anything. Yeah. It's just put the baby on mom's and chest and treat them. They fairly recently stopped bulbing on the perineum. Mm-hmm. Yes. They did that up until a couple of years ago. Bulb syringing, yeah. Yeah, because you can trigger a vagal nerve response with suctioning that can actually worsen and cause the baby to take a deep breath. Yes. Which actually can cause them to inhale if there is any meconium in their lungs and cause them to inhale it more deeply, which is where the problems arise. So I like to talk about the research I've done that talks about that even that is not really the problem of meconium and they used to think that that it was like when they start to breathe they need to get any meconium that's in their throat or upper respiratory tract out before they breathe because they might breathe it into their lungs and then they found in their newer research that that's actually not it's more about the like problem what's triggering the actual response and so and it's not even about whether there was just meconium or not so meconium is a problem when there's meconium plus fetal distress. So if there's meconium and fetal distress, when a baby's going into, um, oh my gosh, the word is... Apnea. Apnea. So there's different stages of apnea. There's primary apnea and and there's secondary apnea. Yes. And so when a baby... So when a baby's having also a major concern, also when a, a concern when a baby's having apnea because they're in fetal distress, um, when they get to a certain phase of it, I think it's second stage apnea. Secondary, yeah. Secondary, Secondary apnea. apnea. They start 
um, gasping in utero. And so if they're in secondary apnea and they're gasping in utero, then they are gasping in that amniotic fluid and it's going deeply into their lungs. Mm -hmm. So if a baby has done that already, no amount of suctioning on the perineum or after they come out is going going to get that meconium out. And so that's when there's a problem. When you have fetal distress that could lead to apnea plus meconium. Especially secondary apnea. Yes, plus meconium. Um, Which can be like a super gray area because a lot of times you have lower heart tones with head compression, which is actually physiologically normal. Totally normal. And that'll be like primary apnea that just like you just need to stimulate the baby a little bit. Right. And sometimes, however, meconium does happen at that point in labor because of that head compression. And so then you just kind of have to determine whether or not that's actually secondary apnea or that's just primary apnea occurring from like normal physiological head compression. But even if it were to be secondary apnea, there's still, you can't really do... If they're born vigorous, there's nothing yes. that you have to do about it. It's it secondary. Really normal. You would still handle it the same way depending on how they react after they come out. Yeah, if it's secondary apnea, they're not going to respond to your, your norm. They're not going to be vigorous. They're going to yeah. be limp. Like really floppy. You're going to have to do yeah. def- different... You're going to have to do more... Um, Take more action in, uh, my brain's not working, in resuscitating a baby that's went into secondary apnea. Like Kim was saying on the break, like if a woman's water broke at two centimeters and there was really thick meconium, that would be more strong of an indicator than like transferring later, especially towards the end with thick meconium, just because one is caused by normal physiological like head compression the other might be an indicator that there's some kind of other stress going on and so basically the point in saying this because i know talking about secondary apnea and all that it can sound scary but the point is that we take into consideration a lot of different things when we're trying to talk about um what's happening but in my time during births i've had very well i only have had one baby that's had um meconium aspiration syndrome that led to problems um and it was poorly managed during the labor with a lot of like really interventions, which I'm not going to say was, it wasn't my client actually. I, she was my client for her second birth. I was not there for the first birth when that happened. Um, but they, there was a lot of signs that were ignored for hours and hours and hours that the baby was in severe distress and they weren't doing anything mm-hmm. about it. Well, also like speaking to what you said earlier about ACOG and how their recommendations have changed. Like we don't necessarily assume that meconium is a problem. You look at like the thickness of it as well. So like mm-hmm. thin meconium is a very different story than really thick meconium. And so yes. you have to like use that judgment as a provider. And then also looking at what the baby's heart tones are doing. So if you have a baby who's having like is having accelerations and their heart tones are fine and they're seeming like they're handling normal labor, then it wouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm. And I have also read that there can be babies that they could have had like a a moment of hypoxia, which is like lack of oxygen, even in utero before labor. So if maybe a baby moves into a weird position in labor where they they like are or has you know, a cord compression that they resolves. have a cord where their cord compresses. They might have a, some hypoxia that causes them to pass meconium, and then that resolves, and they're totally fine. But then that would that would stay inside the water bag, and also like you're replenishing water too. And on top of that, when you've watched a natural birth, like you see on the printing, you just see like stuff coming yeah. out of babies' noses and mouths. So like yes. you know that their body physiologically is clearing whatever is in there. So. 
that's why it's less of a concern is like physiologically the process protects the baby against inhaling things into their lungs so like a lot of times like once the head is born you see a lot of like fluid coming out but then again it's also happening at the chest level too because they have another contraction and the chest is being compressed and more fluids coming out so like actually like the body really does protect itself in the natural process of labor yes and like you said like with the one you experienced a lot of things that are done in hospital or even out of hospital can be really detrimental to the baby's health in relation to meconium too so like trusting the physiological process to protect is really important so we're not saying it doesn't happen but we're saying it happens much we're much more likely to not be very concerned about meconium than we are be to Mm -hmm. be concerned about meconium yeah because the number i looked up was 0.06 percent of cases where there's meconium in the fluid result in death which is obviously the most severe, but it's 0.06%. Like not that's a, a super that's low not risk. Babies. That's 0.06% of, of the babies with meconium in right. their fluid already. And so the big question is, when, when you see meconium, the question to ask is, is this primary apnea or secondary apnea? And people will say and argue, you don't know which apnea it is. But there are signs. Yeah. Right. They'll say, like, how do you know? How do you know? Well, that's when you pay attention your to skills the fetal come tones. in. Right. Mm-hmm. If the baby is having accelerations with contractions and going back to normal, if the baby's still moving, then likely that is not secondary apnea. With secondary apnea, that baby has already fully been compromised. Mm-hmm. They're probably flat. Mm-hmm. Their hard tones probably don't look good. Mm-hmm. And I can say, and I... I'm not going to say. Which is what happened with the baby I'm thinking of. The baby's heart tones were completely flat with no accelerations or decelerations for like hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were they like, this trip looks perfectly fine. I would say it anyways. I was going to say, we've changed this category. We've transferred The baby's probably sleeping. I would say this is a category A or whatever. But then they broke the water and it was like, and and it wasn't thin meconium. It was like black. Like, it wasn't even pea soup. It was thick, thick. It was black. Like, tar was coming out of her vagina. And that's the baby I know. And he didn't die. He's alive. He has cerebral palsy. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But that's super rare. It's yes. so uncommon. So, like, it's important to share your experiences with clients and to share the science and the numbers with clients. But it's also, as providers, like, I don't feel personally freaked out by meconium no. just because of my experience mm-hmm. and the knowledge I have around it. I take it into consideration mm-hmm. in my decision-making process and I share my concerns or my thoughts with clients. But, like, more often than not, I end up having to be really reassuring to patients or yeah. to clients about meconium rather than raising an alarm. And earlier in my birth career, I would get more freaked out and and some and I I do still like give more weight to somebody whose water breaks before labor has started and there's meconium in it depending on the thickness and stuff um but I've had babies where that's happened like labor hasn't even started and the water's broken and those babies are they have totally normal labors they come out they're totally fine and vigorous and they don't even need resuscitation mm-hmm. and so it's just knowing that it's not just the presence of meconium alone it's like the bigger picture and yeah. this is why like we say meconium happens I mean it can be an issue or it can be nothing at all. So yeah. it's it's just another example of how each situation is individual. And you shouldn't say, oh, your water broke. You're having some light meconium. That Let me look at that. Oh, that means a transfer and induction. No. Like yeah. It should be each individual, each case. individual, each baby is 
you know, approach yes. individually. Yeah. And also looking at, at babies' positions because I've had clients before where um, their water breaks and meconium is coming out super, super thick. And the baby is breached. And you find out the baby's breech. Yeah. And so it hasn't had any time to like get um, in the water and mixed up. It's just Filtered. basically like shooting yeah. straight from the baby's bum hole out your vagina. And so it is thick. That's yeah. how I had one... Uh, one surprise breach and I hate myself for it because this couple it was one of my favorite to date and I was so upset by it but she sent me a picture and I was like god damn it mm-hmm. of the meconium mm-hmm. I'm like that baby's breach I don't even need to feel your belly and as soon as I felt her belly I was like what happened yeah this is not what it felt like yesterday the baby probably turned last minute yeah I don't think I think the baby had probably there's no way because the baby's legs were straight up oh. and stayed that way so, but felt so different. So maybe the baby was like posterior, posterior. or something. Mm-hmm. But I still am so upset by it because, you know, I feel like I should have caught that. It could have been changed. There's some birds mating in front of us. Yeah, they're like cool. really intense about they're it. They're very oh, Twitter. Oh, God, it's wow. like an orgy. Oh, God, that's like robbing rape. Yeah, that was awful i want to say i in my research on our break i'm trying to get a number i was like i mean you teach that babies who are post-term are more likely to have it and i knew that but it's also really cool to think of the number that i read was like 25 percent of meconium cases are just because the baby's bowels are developed completely and fully so yes. like, that's why it's more likely for post-term babies to have meconium so it's not yes. even it's not that anything's wrong. It's that their body's actually functioning. Yeah, their body's working. And that, like the majority of cases of meconium. It's not even a sign that there's a problem. And that's also why there's a lot of articles. And I know this is kind of a touchy subject in some groups and areas. There's a there's a lot of research that talks about whether castor oil increases the risk of babies passing meconium in utero. Um, but there's a lot. Well, there's not a lot of research done on castor oil, but the research that's been done has showed that it's not that castor oil increases the risk of passing meconium. It's that most moms who use castor oil to try and induce labor are already post-dates and they're more likely that their baby has passed meconium anyway just because of that. chicken or the egg. Exactly, exactly. Um, So it's, it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, And it's also we're going to go back to again why it's so important to hire a birth team who has experience in these things because Mm -hmm. um, it can make the difference between transferring and not transferring. If you have a midwife who's very new and who hasn't had a lot of experience, you might they might get worried about things that a more experienced midwife might not because yeah. of all the other signs that are going into or it. Or not even necessarily their experience, but like what's their philosophy around meconium, you know? Like yeah. What, like are they stressed out about meconium or are they feel more comfortable with like seeing how other, what other signs are available or like not working anymore if my brain's not working. I mean, I you think it's right like we all would rather it. not see meconium and yeah. I know that I know that for people who because I had meconium in my first birth and then when my water broke in my second birth and there was no meconium, it was definitely like a relief. Oh, that's nice. That's one thing I don't have to worry yeah. about. It's like GBS positive versus mm-hmm. negative. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which could we, we should have a whole episode about that. Yeah, I think we should. We should. Yeah, we should have a whole episode, uh, several episodes about things that are that people get worried about in labor yeah. like that and, Water, and our like take on them like cords around cord. the neck mm-hmm. premature rupture of membranes we just had a really cool cord actually 
on a birth that Jen and I just did recently. True not. That's a fun one. Yeah. Uterine rupture. That's not fun, actually, but it might be a fun episode. It'd be an informative episode. Yeah. If by funny mean informative because we're nerds, then yes. I'm just catching all the sun. I on my know. Giant I'm losing right focus now. because there's so much sunlight happening. Okay, Which I'm so glad because I was getting cold. But look, I'm like I'm wearing a I'm wearing a unicorn hat. You are. Were we gonna tell Katie's birth story? Could you hold your mic the right way for the hundredth effing time? Okay, so we got permission. We're gonna <laughs> share our birth story of the week, which I was not at. So I'm just gonna get to sit here in sun while oh, you guys have to tell the story. I was only there for a little bit, so Kim's gonna have to do me. I feel like of. all of you are only there for a little well, bit because it's one of those fast births. I have to preface it with um, Katie. So Katie is our head nurse at Premier Birth Center, and she's freaking hey, Katie. She's awesome. So we had just had three births together. And oh, I forgot that part. Yeah. And so we were not really sleeping. And so after the third birth. Because she worked right up until she pushed her baby literally out. Literally. The day that she, well, the day before. So we were sitting at the table, like birth number three in the morning before we went home. And we were getting ready to walk out the door. And I said, you're going to have Brindley tonight. It's. It's going to happen. Is that her baby's name? Brindley, yes, Brindley. Yeah. So cute. And she's so stinking adorable. She's so cute. She looks so, like her brother. Her fluffy hair in that post this morning killed me. <laughs> oh, my God. After the wash. I died. After the shampooing. <laughs> I have to say, I don't think that Katie would have posted as much if like we weren't in quarantine. So I'm kind of thankful that we're getting so many great Brindley updates. That's so cute. Um, so I said, I guess I'll, I'll talk to you later. And we joked about it. Like, ah, ha, ha, ha. So we, I think, no, you didn't, did you text me? No, you never, you never, you told me when you called me that she was in labor, that you told her it was going to happen. Yeah. Like we knew we both, we just knew it because the third birth was a mom that we just loved and she was a repeat client and we were both really excited to be able to be there. So I kind of feel like she was holding out for her. So once that mom had her baby, I was like, and scene, Katie's turn. Which goes back to our mind-body connection and labor episode. You yeah. can hold off your labor mm-hmm. until you get through something that is very important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like the people that you want in the space are not there. You can hold off till they get there. Yes. So we, we were so tired. <laughs> so tired. And we went home and I did not, I did not go to sleep. Katie had a nap, I think. I stayed up with my kids at a mom guilt. And then I went to bed and I did sleep like the dead all night long. And then at five in the morning, my phone rang and I saw her picture wearing Nikki's giant glasses, making a goofy face. And I was like, oh, shit, it's on. Katie's in labor. (laughs) Make it in time. It's on. And when I answered it, I was expecting like a, hey, girl, I know we're both really tired, but I'm in labor. And the funny thing was, I said, now your water's going to break. And she said, that has never happened to me. My, my water has never broken before labor. And I was like, never say never or something <laughs> stupid. This is your first girls, though. Yeah. And that is daughterhood. And that's exactly what happened. I pick up the phone and I answer it. And she's like, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, hey. She's like, excited. Whoa. Cut. I would what? just like to clarify that that's not how you sounded when you called me. No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> And she was like, she sounded like she had had about 100 cups of coffee already. And she was like, so remember that time that I said that my water has never broken before labor started? (laughs) And I was like, I do. But you sound way too happy right now. And I'm going to need you to tone it down a little bit. It's 5 (laughs) a.m. I didn't say 5 
A M. I did not say That's that. the opposite of PM. <laughs> and she's like, it happened. And so we're like, okay, cool. So just KJ, her husband, had no meconium. No meconium. No, no. This is a non Mecky story. Clear, <laughs> fluid. And her husband had gone to work. So he was an hour away. And so mm. I thought, great. You know, you have time. Your water has broken. You're you, not going to have this baby without KJ there. You're so not, we got time. No, for sure. So. She let her husband know, and then I said, just just text me when contractions start. Try to go back to sleep, which I knew she wasn't going to do because she sounded like Obviously. a crackhead that just had a hit. Like, <laughs> she was on. She is high hit. on adrenaline. High Katie's on life. also the last person on the planet to ever, no. ever do crack or take ever. crack or whatever that word is. No. Really, I'm also so she was high on baby crack. She was high on life. <laughs> so... I don't, I don't remember the timeline. I could look at my phone, but, um, so I was like, all right, well, let me just lay here for a minute. And then you I did st- not lay there. For no, very long, I was you like, called me not too shortly I know, after. Cause I thought, wait, what am I doing? Like she's going to go into labor and I'm going to miss it. Which it is, is going to just like plam yeah, right so into her. I laid there. I just said plam for a minute. What? <laughs> into her? Yeah. So labor does. How much runs into you. Have you had? It's, it's orange vodka. Crazy. Oh, I thought it was peach. For all your quarantine Aww. needs. <laughs> Killing all the germs. So she let her husband know, and he said, "Okay, should I come back right now?" And yes. This is, this is where the story's a little iffy because both of them. Oh, had, I love this part. Of both this story. of them had their own side of this. Story. This is why you don't put tracking devices on your partner's telephones because you'll find out things you don't want to know. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, it hasn't started yet, so you probably have time to wait for someone to come and like replace you." Or Famous whatever. last words. Yes. So I say to myself, I think I'm going to go ahead and get ready and possibly drive and sit in her driveway for however long it takes. You're going to, you're going to pull it a Nikki. Like you called me at 630. I'm going to pull a Nikki. Okay. Well, then she must've called me at 530 then. Right. What day was her baby born? Is that that day? The fifth on the fifth. Yeah. So okay. you called me at 621. Okay. So <laughs> I had some alone time Ooh. with Chuck <laughs> because Ooh. when she, when she called, it woke us both up. So thank you for that. Well, I can't. I would go right back to sleep. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. So um, she, I got up and I showered and I was getting dressed and she was like, oh, first contraction, LOL or something. And I was like, I knew it. I said, I'm just going to call Meredith and we're going to head your way. And it was so funny because when I got there, she was clearly like, I thought she's going to push <laughs> this kid out in a she's second. in transition, if not beyond yes. it. She has her princess robe on that's all like plush. It's like plushy purple on the outside and all like white on the inside. Plushy robe for the wind. And I hear her like, Ugh. and I'm like, oh my God, she's going to have a baby. Like There was no birth tub or anything in place. And I look around the room and nothing is and set Katie up. And Katie is not the kind of person to have a baby, not a birth tub. Absolutely not. And she's usually like super OCD, like this is going to be here. All the thing, all the and all the yes. stars align. And three mm-hmm. feet from there will be the end of the plastic. And then I'm pretty sure our plastic got all messed up according to her expectations. So but I was like, it happens. Katie... Where's KJ? Because I think you're about to have your baby. And also there's no pool. And she was like, 
the pool is downstairs. KJ has not done it yet. Also, it took oh. us, I think it took three of us to find her freaking birth pool. No, I got the pool out and I was filling it when you got there. You couldn't find we the, um, What could we find? You couldn't find the hose. Oh, that's right. It's so I went down. Which always happens. If you're having a water birth, make sure you have the hose, the yeah. connector to the sink, all of those things. The it problem with Katie is she up. has like 7,000 birth tubs. Yeah. So it was like. I had to find the one in the 7,000 that happened to be the right one. I don't know. And I don't know why it wasn't ready. Because last time she had it all like it's set up in advance. It's because she did three births before her baby came. That wasn't her job. It was KJ's. Mm. I think she was convinced it wasn't happening. She really thought yeah. that Brindley was going to come late. So I was like, okay, I got this. So I run down. I get all the stuff. I'm setting it up. I'm blowing it up. And then Meredith comes in. And I really just honestly wanted to crawl into bed with her because she was in this like gorgeous cocoon of like velvet. You did immediately like snuggle up and spoon behind <laughs> her and that. start rubbing her hips. <laughs> and as soon as Meredith walked in, her contractions kicked up a notch. And I was like, so I looked at Meredith. I was like, don't touch her. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had to put my hands up and walk Stop away. Touching. Don't touch her. Don't encourage it. In my defense, KJ did walk in the door like maybe 20 minutes later. 20 minutes? You can twenty minutes. babies in 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes is a long time in like a multiple world. Okay. Well, the so, best part about it was she really needed. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm getting there. So when I got there, her contractions picked up right away and I could see it. When Meredith got there, it kicked up another notch. In the in the process of all this, she's saying, I really need to pee. And I'm like, Katie, why don't you get up and go to the bathroom? And she was like, she goes, girl, I am not getting out of this damn bed until you get my birth pool ready. Yeah, she was real sassy. Was she great. knew. She knew what would happen and if I she got like, out and walked to the toilet. I mm-hmm. said, you have to pee. It's making your contractions We were worse. like, can you not make your bladder explode, please, of all fucking people? Of all people. You know that you have to empty your bladder and labor. And so I'm like blowing the birth tube up with a pump. Thank God. And then I'm, we're finding, we're trying to find the hook. KJ walks in and it, it was all over. So yeah. she's like moaning and she's doing her like beautiful thing. And I was like, oh, I get it. You're going to stay in that bed until the tub is ready. And then you're just going to pee in the tub. And she's like, yes. Duh. <laughs> duh. Beautiful. So she waited until the tub was up. We got she the eventually did in. go to the bathroom though, didn't she? She When KJ. KJ when got home, she felt like, yeah. okay, if I get up and this baby falls out, at least KJ's here. So yeah. he helped her to the to use the bathroom, which she did. It was on like Donkey Kong. Like she was And she had on the out. most beautiful birthing bra I've ever seen in my entire Stunning. life. It was hot. Her, her photos. Oh, my so gosh. Good. I tried to get as many above her head photos <laughs> as I could get just so she could see her boobs and her bra. It was amazing. She was like, oh, look at this picture. My cleavage looks great. Oh, there's a baby there. <laughs> So when KJ got there, she felt comfortable enough to get up. She did go to the bathroom, but she just was waiting for that water. You know how some people, it's like they're eyeballing it and they're just waiting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As soon as that, and I didn't check her, obviously, no need. So she, as soon as she gets in the water, she goes, oh, I'm about nine. The head's right there. Oh, yeah. She did check herself. <laughs> oh, she checked a little herself. Bit of the lip like, in the front. You, yeah. Did you just check your own cervix? She goes, yeah. The baby's head's right there. I was like, okay, well, what'd you say? Like zero station plus one? What? She's like, um, and she checked. I she goes, how much is this much? 
And then we got in a really dumb discussion about what exactly this much is while she was laboring. I would to the her. first knuckle. I would yeah. say plus one. I don't know. <laughs> so she just rocks it out, and KJ's like there with her. And oh my like, god, they were so cute. It was so gross. As They're always, like, it was gross. I was throwing up in the corner yeah. over their cuteness. The kids were like coming in the room and saying hi, and then leaving, oh. and then coming back. It was so cute, so sweet. And then. She checked herself again, and there was like she she felt there was like just a tiny lip, and that was it. Because she was like, "Oh wait, no, wait, maybe I wasn't nine before, but I definitely am now, or maybe it's a lip." And I was the like, "The funny thing about it was, is we didn't even know she was doing it. She just like was <laughs> so subtle about it. She's like, oh, there's a lip.' I'm like, what? What? What did you put your finger in I your know, vagina? What's happening? <laughs> So then I said, just push through it. Then, like, I mean, you can wait if you want, or you could just push through it. And she was like, nope. And she did some hardcore, like... Oh, we haven't talked about the best part of her birth story, besides the fact that she had a baby. What? We were putting in, like, really snarky, fun comments in her birth chart the whole time. Her her whole chart Her online chart. So, at one point, she was in the tub, like, literally like a goddess on a chase lounge. Like, she was just, like, (laughs) chilling real hard. And so I got to... some photo ops. Yeah, and so we got to put really... We put so many great comments in her birth chart, which was... Like, if we ever had to transfer... (laughs) Yeah. God forbid, but as birth workers, we really appreciated it. I knew that was not going to happen. <laughs> so, and I forgot to say also that she had checked her phone an hour later after she told her husband to go ahead and come home. Oh, yeah. And he was still there. Oh, my God. He was still in Fairfax. And she was like, what the hell, KJ? <laughs> <laughs> I said come home and so then they're going back and forth he's like you never actually said oh to my come God. home I think that was like one of the first conversations they had when she finally settled into bed she was like so about wh- that hour at what point did you not think you needed to be here for your daughter's birth <laughs> but anyway. the best thing about them though is they could never actually fight so it wasn't actually fighting for it was like it adorable be, bantering yeah. it would be like us screaming and you're just like no I love you more no I love you if you haven't seen the photo of the two of them crying beautifully into each other's eyes oh <laughs> at the God. moment of birth you've got to get on Facebook and it's, look at that photo it's, so it's so unreal she, she decided she was not going to wait it out so she just did these primal Mm -hmm. awesome uh pushes i think the kids were a little not freaked out but i think it was so different from the last birth that they're like what's happening i love the word primal (laughs) it's such a good word did it Mm -hmm. and the baby was coming and i could see like okay let me just in case she needs help but it was so important to me that she catch her own baby because it was her first girl and for herself too like she wanted to catch well, too that's what I mean. yeah like, it was important to me that she <laughs> have that experience right. about me i'm just saying i knew <laughs> but it was she wanted to me. do it so i wanted that to happen it's not about me you want and then at the have her wishes for yes. yes so i just let her like you know, she no. said, I can feel her head. I could feel this. I can feel that. That's awesome. And then at one point she goes. At the very last moment. At the very last second she goes, Kimberly, just do it. I can't. And I was like, ah, okay. Kim, you're the best at that being like, no, because if you don't, you're going to be no, mad. No, I just slowly. I don't even I think you had to. She changed no, her mind. I slowly reached down as slow as possible. She goes, no, wait. And I was like, yes. No, 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 no. You went like this. No, she said, no, wait. And then when the baby came out, I flung my hands up in the air. <laughs> There's a really great photo of Kim with her hand up like this, like not touching. I threw both hands up in the air and I was like, okay. Because I wanted her to know that like I never touched her a single time. Yeah. Labor. So she, can't, she caught she the baby She caught herself. her own daughter mm-hmm. and pulled her up and KJ was in front of her. 
um, kneeling beside the pool because he would have rather hell frozen over than get into the birth pool, mm-hmm. which he kept saying over <laughs> and over again. He's not reiterated happening. it so many times. <laughs> So they were just like staring into each other's eyes and she's coming up and they're both crying. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's not the face that you are making in the photo at all. She was, they're both like crying in each other's eyes and Kim's in the background being like. I'm so excited. I'm just like, my mouth is like, ah, it's an animal. (laughs) It was amazing. It was great. She's such a badass. And then Mm -hmm. she like got up and walked to the bed. Oh, yeah. No problem. My placenta. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's coming out. And then. Let's just wait. No. Get it. (laughs) And then you toasted. Oh, we had a great toast. Her, um. Her family is this, awesome. Yeah, they're wonderful. They're so amazing. So we all had a toast together. And we recreated her her picture from her last birth. And Aww. it was just amazing. But she, and so I just, I said to her, I hope you realize or eventually take the time to realize you just had that birth that every fucking person wants. Every, yeah. Everyone. It was, per, it could not, she literally laid in bed and was like, do my pool, get my water get my bra let mm-hmm. me just write it all out mm-hmm. and every single thing happened like yeah. to her notes so for everybody out there births like that can happen yeah. and we want you to have that birth mm-hmm. but she also had so to trust like, your body she, she worked for it she though it was hard at birth she she laid there and refused to pee for a very long time yeah <laughs> which i don't usually recommend no but she knew better. but as a multip having a faster birth she that was that was a good decision for her um for sure so we need to wrap up this episode like a yuck um but to wrap up the episode, what we want you to know is that poop happens in labor. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be embarrassed about it. Mm-mm. It's super normal. It mm-hmm. usually makes us feel excited, even if poop isn't our thing, because we know the baby's coming. Mm-hmm. Nice sunbathing, Kim. Meloconium also um, happens. We're less excited about it, but we're also not upset about it. We'll, yes. We'll see what happens. For the most part, when meconium happens, it's really not a big deal, so people shouldn't be super panicked about it, because panic makes the bad things happen in labor that we don't want to happen mm-hmm. panic is never a good thing mm-hmm. so trust your birth provider to like explain to you that's my foot explain what's going on and yes. trust the process and trust yourself and trust your baby so the only thing that we else Ew, we have to your say your legs are really now entwined you're like one person with two mics i told you been like this the we're a thing. cell going through mitosis so, <laughs> the only other thing we have to say is happy birthing. Meconium happens. And cheers. cheers. All right. Whoop, whoop. Get up. <laughs>